Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Dancing is really is a huge one that people want to do. People love to dance and they're afraid to dance. People love to sing, they're afraid to sing, and that's like being embodied, right? And you feel like there's a there's a shamefulness that we have, and if we can let go of that, it doesn't matter if you're good or not, right? It's the letting go. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I'm Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And uh, I am starting to contemplate doing something that I want you to do with me. Really? Yeah. And you and our wonderful producer, Alicia, suggested it. I don't know, months ago, that I think about going to a pole dancing class. And it is very important for me to acknowledge that there I can't imagine trying to do something that I would be worse at than <laughs> pole dancing. And then, so I dismissed it when you guys suggested it because I just thought, I will be such a laughing stock trying to wrap myself around a pole, trying to gyrate when I've never gyrated, when my... I just don't do that, really. My body doesn't really do that. And then I was at a thing recently, and another friend said to me, you should really try pole dancing. You should really try pole dancing, and evangelized about it. So so let's go. So I think we should go, even though— We're going to make a girl date yes. on a pole. And will you—you you can laugh. You can laugh straight at me. 
I will be laughing at myself. There is no need to dan- laugh at you while we're dancing. All right. So, all right. We're, on the road to somewhere. We're on. We will find ourselves on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I think our guest today would actually love that too. Um, she, Karen Rinaldi, is with us today, and she is the author of the, a great book for this new venture. Yes. Um, it's called It's Great to Suck at Something. Mm-hmm. We can suck at pole dancing. Um, the Unexpected Joy of Wiping Out and What It Can Teach Us About Patience, Resilience, and Stuff That Really Matters. Karen, thank you so much for joining us Hi, today. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to hear about the pole dancing <laughs> episode. I'm already there. Yeah, okay, so there will be no video. Uh, oh, you no. have? Well, we'll video. talk about that. <laughs> we, we need evidence. So why why is sucking at something such a good idea? Why is why is this new venture of ours going to be like really productive for our our life's journey? Um, yeah, it's a little counterintuitive and uncomfortable. Um, when I first started thinking about this idea and talking about it, when I would you know jump into it with people and I'd say, "Hey, hi, you know, what do you suck at?" and people would just kind of go, <laughs> you know, people would freeze and they'd get very kind of nervous and shifting. I thought, no, there's got to be a better way of going about talking about this. Um, but I think, I mean, to go to go back to why and then maybe the how, but the why is um, we kind of live in a time of what I call aspirational psychosis. Like we are all striving to be better, look better, be thinner, healthier, more successful, get more likes. You know, we're so... We're goal and results oriented to the to the micro, right? To the to the tiny micro, and I don't think it's doing anybody any good. We we fail to kind of stop and just do things for pleasure, for learning, for not having to succeed. So the noise in our head is, I have to do this because it's going to be productive. It's going to get me to the next thing. It's going to improve X, Y, and Z, and. I feel like that's not living in the present. I feel like there's a lot, there's not a lot of time for kind of deep, deep growth in that space when there's always a reward, when you're chasing something, um, when you're attached to an outcome, to put it in a kind of more Buddhist sense. You know, the, the term is shempa, which is the attachment of an outcome. And so I started to think about, because I practice this, a lot in my own life, um, you know, I had to ask myself this question, why I continue to surf when I'm a really bad surfer. And I've been surfing for 18 years, and I really suck at it. I mean, anybody watching me, and that's not a humble brag, anybody watching me would be like, yeah, yeah, you really do suck at it. (laughs) But I do it, and I do it with great intention. I realized I am happiest. I enjoy, I I am happiest and most whole when I'm surfing, and I thought, how can it be that I feel that way doing the thing I'm least good at? When there are right, let plenty me, of let me poke at this a little bit. You have seen in 18 years no improvement? No. So it's not about not improvement. Okay. It's, 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 so I can surf. I do surf. I couldn't in the beginning. So I can catch a wave. I can paddle into and catch a wave. They are few and far between. Uh, it's really hard. It's still hard for me. It's hard every time I paddle out. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do get better. But it took me a really long time to improve. And if I hadn't been got, had to get myself comfortable in that space of thinking improvement is not the point. The point is trying. The point is being in the ocean. The point is getting in, in the, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor, but, you know, in, literal in this sense, getting off of terra firma, right? Getting off of the solid ground that I live in, getting off of the being a mother, running, you know, running a company, you know, being a publisher, being an editor, results, 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 and it's like paddle out. I 
I don't have to perform for anybody. I don't have to be good. And I realized the freedom in that was revelatory. And it's brought me to amazing places. Now, that's anecdotal and it's personal. Um, so why would it apply to anybody else? So I just started reading about it and thinking about it and realizing that 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 driven state that we put ourselves in, that stressful driven state, doesn't allow for kind of, you know, contemplation. I know we say, oh, I've got to, you know, I'll meditate, you know, but even meditate, meditation becomes competitive, I mean, to some people, you know. So I think that the sucking at something, the allowing yourself to not do well, to not perform, to not win, um, is it becomes a great relief. And also it brings about this feeling of humility. Um, it kind of fosters resilience and improvisation, you know, if you're not good at something, you're constantly improvising, right? So you have to improvise when you can't do something by rote. Um, but a lot of it was t- turning this idea, the central idea is turning what would normally be like humiliation, right? So you're talking about pole dancing, which I love because it's like you're going to have to get out there and like, you know, be Im- be embodied, right? But in a way that is I mean maybe you've got great talent, but but mostly we don't have great talent for the things we try. I but can being, assure you, I will not have any talent <laughs> in this area. And, enjoy and my family it. can and also uh, assure yes. you. Well, you know, but that's okay. That's what's beautiful about it, though. If you got out there and you're great at it, what's the risk, right? So it's turning what would be humiliation into humility. You've got humiliation on one side, which is one of the most terrifying kind of feelings that we can have. And states that we can be in to humility, which I think invites a lot of good stuff. Well, it it helps you get beyond your ego, right? And and that ego attachment prevents mm-hmm. us from being truly creative and spontaneous and open. And and so yeah. I think when you're when you're good at something, you're super ego attached. And so when you're terrible at something, if you're ego attached, you feel really lousy. Yeah, exactly. And it's a practice, right? So what you're saying, it's like, I think the ego, you know, I always just say the ego is a monster. We can't get away from it. That's part of being human. We understand that. We all study it. We read about it. We, you know, meditate about it. We do a lot of things, but it's still there. It just nags and nags and nags. And I think a shortcut and is do something you suck at. Your ego has to move aside. It has to move aside if you're honest about how badly you suck at it. And then you love yourself anyway, right? And what I have found is that and you think people are going to judge you and they're going to not love you. You're not, you know, you're 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 going to you're going to expose that vulnerability is going to make you less lovable and in fact the opposite happens. When I paddle out and I'm sitting in the lineup every once in a while, there's some jerk out there who doesn't think I should be out there, and I hear it. And that's always, I, I, I quicken. What when do they say? I hear that. Oh, people will, it's, they don't, people don't talk so much in the lineup, but they'll, they'll like snake you. I'm like imagining these mellow surfer guys. And it's a, it sounds like it's a shark pack out you there. You know what? I, you know, it depends on, it all has to do with where you are. Like, okay. I don't paddle out in the center of a, of a pack like that. I wouldn't go to a crowded point break on a really good day because I wouldn't earn my way there. Okay, it doesn't matter what that means, but it's just the metaphorically it means, you know, don't go where you don't belong, right? Mm-hmm. But I am often, most often, one of the worst surfers in the lineup. And what I have found is that people are 
in my inability, in my kind of willingness to be there, people are incredibly generous and kind. And that generosity and kindness, I realize you invite in when you say, I'm not an expert. I need your help. Usually, you know, a lot of us who are driven and, you know, you're on the side of giving advice, giving help, you know, the assist, you're, you know, and, and it's nice. It's nice to be needed. It's nice to be the expert, you know. It's nice to be, you know, the, you know, the honcho in a way. And then you say, no, in the lineup, I am at the bottom of the pecking order and I need, I rely on the kindness of strangers. Yeah, you're I blessed. really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's a very humbling and beautiful place to be because part of the best part is what is having. So it is, makes you believe in people, humanity a little bit. You know what? If you allow humanity in, they often show up. You know, I think some of it, it's that it's that tension between letting them in and kind of pushing people away, not to make too much of that. But I have found that, you know, I enjoy the most kindness when I'm saying I'm scared. Um, I don't know how. Can you help me? And people do awesome things. And I will often, if I catch a wave and I ride it, the assist that I get is as powerful and sometimes the thing I remember the most. It's also, I find, uh, powerful for them, too, to be given the opportunity to be kind and generous. I just had an experience where I was, I gave a talk and I was atrocious, like the worst talk I've ever given in my life. And I was actually in a kind of really happy state when people were coming up afterwards and really kind of things like, oh, that you did a really good job. And I was laughing going, no, that sucked. But <laughs> I was thinking it's it's actually they are giving me a gift by being so compassionate and so generous. But at the same time, it's good for them to have that sense of compassion and love and reaching out and tenderness. So you're actually giving all these hot, young, 20-year-old boys a chance to be loving and compassionate when you suck at something. Yeah, and I think it, I, it's that, it's that um, sort of feedback loop. It's like you're open to it, they feed it, and yes, I do. I think that um, that kindness loop, and I think that's part of it, you know, kindness is so important, and we forget that being kind, you know, being kind is something we do for ourselves in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I think, what you're saying or the other side of that is that when you're kind, you can— But kind of, you feel better you feel when better. you're— yeah. yeah, and you need to—but, you you know, you need opportunities. You know, if you're always saying, no, I got this. I got this. I don't need your help. What does that do to the other person, right? It just pushes them away, just saying, yeah, I can really use your help. And they go, you know, they get to help and they feel good. When we come back, I want to talk more specifically about surfing as a way to suck. <laughs> okay. It's a good way to suck. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. 
Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Just before the break, we were speaking with Karen Rinaldi about sucking and <laughs> and her book. It's great to suck at something. And surfing seems to be your pathway into this revelation. Can we talk about surfing and how, as a almost middle-aged woman in your late 30s, you took up a sport that is traditionally very young and yeah. very male? Yes. Yeah, best left to the to the young. I think um, William Finnegan in his wonderful surfing book, Barbarian Days, says basically if you don't start, if you try to start after 14, don't even bother. And I read that and it was like a dagger to my heart because I started, I think I was close to 40. I think it was my 40th year when I I decided I had to. I, I decided earlier, but then I got pregnant and, and you know, kind of push, kept pushing. I kept pushing it off. Um yeah, it was folly. It was complete folly. But I was I was pulled. I've, I've always been a jock, so I felt like, oh, you know, surfing could be one of those things that I can do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, learn it and I'll be able to do it. Um, I've been able to do most things physically in my life, so I wasn't really scared of it. I was out of shape. I was, you know, middle-aged. I'd had two kids. I was working a lot, and I thought, I have this thing in my head. I, I always wanted to surf. I'm a little bit, a little bit, I'm a lot of bit afraid of the ocean, and that, but I'm also compelled by the ocean. So I have this love, it's not a hate, but it's this love-fear connection with the ocean that's very, very deep. And I think having children helped me, this is going to be counterintuitive too, but it, it helped me get over that fear um, because the fears that I had lived with prior to having children were... Um, you know, I was afraid of the ocean. I was afraid of things in the ocean, the fish, the sharks. Sharks. <laughs> sharks. We're all afraid of sharks. So, I mean, every surfer is afraid of sharks. But And they're there. They're there. You're surfing with them. Um, you know, bugs and insects and uncomfortable things. And then I had kids. And I thought, I'm just, now my fear was about their safety, their survival. And it was so big, I thought, 
okay. I, the, the other fears just re- they receded. And so I got over my fear of trying to surf. So that's real. I had it in my head, but I was always afraid. I had kids, and I said, no, uh, my fears are based in something very real now, and I need to protect them. So you think that I would want to, you know, not put myself in danger's way, but I, I hadn't really thought about that piece of it yet. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this. And if I do it, great. And if I can't do it, I'll just walk away from it. But I had to kind of exercise that effort. Um, I took one lesson. Um, It was pathetic. (laughs) It was so (laughs) pathetic. I was was, was a mess. So did you realize at this point, oh, this is not going to be like the physical challenges that I've tried in the past and conquered? I realized how uh, my my previously athletic body at 40 was— was no longer there. <laughs> and I was very humbly brought to that realization. But I did get pushed into a wave. It was probably ankle high. And I did, you know, you know, scramble up on the board and stand for a minute. And something locked in my head. I did get this high. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> this feels really good. <laughs> and so I decided I was going to try. And uh, it took me, from that mo- moment on, it took me five years to catch a wave. Five years of trying, wow. and I changed my life so that I could keep surfing. And it's an abs- how did you change your life? Absurdly um, a long amount of time. What did you rearrange? Well, I rearranged by saying all of my free time, any free time, would be I going to try to get out in the ocean, right? So all of a sudden, you have to push things away. And I and husband and kids were down were, with this plan. They were they were amazing about it. My kids were really young. My one son so being who, on the beach is kind of a good thing. Well, you know, my one son who I surf with now and who's, of course, a lot better than me, and now it's the opposite, but he used to be terrified. He was really scared because I would go out in the ocean and then the current pulls you north or south or something, and he loses, he would lose sight of me and he would cry, and it was really difficult because he was terrified. Then he started surfing with me, and then, of course, now the roles are changed where the waves get too big. I have to come in, and I lose sight of him in the ocean, and I freak out. <laughs> I mean, it's just That's like payback, payback for you. It is such payback. <laughs> but yeah, so I just kept at it. And that first wave, when I say the first wave, I don't mean, you know, the kind of, you know, white water in the front, the little waves. I mean the first, like, paddle into, you know, drop into, turn, surf, control a wave, you know, really, really surf a wave. But still five years of well, trying. I have to say, in reading your book, you mentioned— the two places you surf with are New Jersey, which has notoriously bad waves, like <laughs> non-waves. And I know because my brother learned to surf in New yeah. Jersey. And Costa Rica, which is a very difficult place to surf. And I've tried to surf in Costa Rica. And, you know, I I learned to surf in Hawaii. It's so easy. It's seriously like the training wheels on the ocean. Oh, it picks you up and carries you, and you think you're a good surfer even though you're terrible. And you go to Costa Rica, and the universe goes, uh, you suck. <laughs> because it's, you're, you're surfing in really not, not ideal conditions. Well, so I, you, maybe you're too hard on yourself. No, no. I, I know where I'm at. With I feel, I feel like I have a very clear-eyed view. of. I mean, listen, I, 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 can, I can surf. But, you know, I'll go out for a session of two or three hours and catch a couple waves. Maybe there are sessions I don't catch one. Now, part of it is that it's competitive and I I cede to the better surfers because I'm really insecure. I mean, all of my insecurities, all of my – everything is just out there in the lineup. Like, people who see me outside of that will think, you know, I'm confident and I'm, you know, bold and I'm ballsy and I've got all, you know, all this energy. And then I'm out there and everybody goes, Wow, like it's you know, I definitely I <laughs> I, I I I recede in mm. a way, 
And that's a really interesting place for me to be, right? And I think people say, you know, that's your wave, take it. But I, 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 I still need permission. And I know I'm going through all of this, right? I know I'm saying, why do I need permission here when I don't need permission to do things on land? Why am I so hesitant? Partly because I'm afraid. Um, why am I afraid? And so I have to exercise those fears. And there is something in that exchange. I feel very alive when I'm when I'm there. And I mean, it's brought me to, I mean, this is going to go, you know, this is like all the way at the end where I, I realized it brought me to is a kind of connection to the divine that I wasn't even looking for and I didn't understand. And as a, you know, a lapsed Catholic, you know, grew up, you know, as a Catholic and then, and then left, you know, the church when I was like 11 years old. Being out there brought me, and I didn't know what that meant, but it did bring me closer to a kind of access to the divine. And I think, well, what does that mean? And I'm still exploring that, frankly. But that is also humbling because it's not something that, you know, you can call the ocean the the, the church of the open sky. You know, it's Thomas Blake. Um, it's nature, which is just bigger and more powerful and, 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 you know, pure energy. You know, there are all these things you're experiencing and then you're going, but you're also saying, what I'm afraid, what am I afraid of? I'm insecure, what am I insecure about? I'm impatient sometimes. I'm afraid of making a fool of myself. I mean, it's, believe me, even though I've been doing this for 18 years, I am not, I haven't worked it out completely. I've gotten much better at it. I can push through those things. And I think it's the pushing through that keeps me going back for it. And I have found in my conversations with people and most people don't, you know, who read the book kind of go, yeah, I don't surf, but, and there's always, dancing is really, is a huge one that people want to do. People mm. love to dance, and they're afraid to dance. People love to sing, they're afraid to sing, and that's like being embodied, right? And you feel like there's a, there's a shamefulness that we have, and if we can let go of that, it doesn't matter if you're good or not, right? It's the letting go, it's the act of letting go that brings you that, joy, that freedom, that self-love, that, you know, invitation to join others. And so, um, so I, I'm, I'm curious now to get this really grounded in, in the details of your life and the transitions that you've been through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've been through breast cancer yes, and other traumatic events. Yes. So how has this through line yeah. of surfing and having those struggles on the board, you know, it sounds like all the stuff comes up and you have to catch a wave and stand yeah, up. Yeah, and stand up um, and then not but, let the board but, hit you in the head, yeah. Yeah, but how how have those, how has this strange pursuit helped you through the stuff that life threw at you? In, in, in a really huge way because when I, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, which sucks, right? So in, in your previous conversation, there is a, you know, you were saying about being grateful for the things that are, that are, that are difficult, which is a really hard gratitude practice, right? You kind of go, well, what is that? How do you, how do you, how do you become grateful? How, do, how are you grateful for sucking at something, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just plain and simple. And when I got breast cancer, I was just unhappy. I you know, beat up on myself. What did I do wrong? Well, how did I live that I, you know, you know, brought this on myself? I had to go through all of that stuff. And then I went, okay, wait a minute. This is an adventure. I've been on adventures before. This is a different kind of adventure. It's not a one I would choose, but it's one that chose me. So I'm going to reframe that. And as I reframed it, 
the one thing that went on in my head is like, I don't want to die because I don't want to leave my children. That was like my first thought. My second thought was, am I going to be able to surf again? <laughs> it was my second thought. And I thought, wait, my second thought in having breast cancer is whether or not I'm going to be able to do the thing that I'm the worst at. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was watching my mind do this and I thought, well, what is that about? And I thought, oh, it's be-. and that's when I started also, it helped me to because I wrote this book afterwards, it helped me to realize how important it had become to me and to think about why. So having the goal of, I had to start all over again, basically, because the way I had breast cancer is like, you couldn't get the margins. I had excisions and re-excisions and a mastectomy and two bouts of chemo. It was just like a, you know, and everybody who goes through cancer. It's, That's it's an adventure, an, all right. It's an adventure and it's a nightmare. But through it, I kept telling my doctors, like, you, I have to get in the water. I ha- you have to get me in the water. That is going to, and it, that drive to get in the water, I, I felt a fight that I would have felt to stay alive from, you know, stay alive or just, you know, to, to stay healthy for my children. But this was about something I had to do for me. And so I think in, 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 in pushing through, I knew discomfort. I knew discomfort from surfing. I knew what that felt like. I knew what fear felt like. And I just kind of said, okay, I've got some practice now. I'm going to now, I'm going to apply that to going through this adventure, and I'm going to get my butt back in the water. So, I mean, literally four weeks after I was dying on the couch, I mean, I just felt like I knew what it was like to die after two rounds of chemo. I couldn't... It, it's an amazing thing to, to feel, actually, and it's a great gift, right? It is one of those things where you're grateful that you're saying, but I'm on a couch. I have care. I have my children around me. I could be in a much worse situation. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is how you get grateful for bad things is by understanding how lucky you still are if you can find that piece of it. And we are. We're privileged. We're lucky because I do have that care. I did have that care. But I said, four weeks from now, I'm going to be in the water. And my son said, Mama, I don't think that's going to happen. And I said, oh, no, watch me. And it helped me. I had a goal. And so now there I have a goal. The goal wasn't to surf well. The goal was just to get up, get stronger, so I can get my board. I could put it in the water and I could sit on it. It's all. It, it wasn't a grand goal. It was being able to sit on the board in the water. I thought, I'm going to have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful. But I think... It was years of, I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding. I think it's the years of sucking at surfing and doing it anyway. I thought, okay, this is going to be another thing that's just going to suck. And I'm going <laughs> to get to the other side of it. When we come back, let's talk about other things that are just going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent 
any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Before the break, we were talking about your breast cancer and how surfing really enabled you to process that and probably um, and use the lessons you'd learned from sucking at <laughs> surfing to to get through the chemo and the surgery and the the adventure that was breast cancer. So. I I want to talk about the lessons, the big lessons that that sucking surfing. I think it is surfing in particular because there's something magical about surfing that really makes you understand presence and um, and it's it's weird being in the moment in surfing is unlike anything else. So I do think it's unique, but I think you can you can get that from anywhere. So I want to talk about those. Like what you mentioned, dancing, but I think any painting, if we suck at that, or any venture we take that we're passionate about and pursue. So I want to talk about the big thing, the big takeaways. And one of the things I think that you talk about and embody and have lived is the ability to take risk. And I think so many of us, when we live in that perfection brain, don't take risk. So we can we talk about risk a little bit? Yeah, you just said the word, though. The most important word um, is perfection, right? So a lot of the book, after I wrote, there's a, there's, there's a piece in the book about perfection and embracing our imperfections, but a lot of the conversations I've had after I, I put the book out there was um, about this conversation, which is, you know, hey, it's great to suck at something. And the response would always be, you know, oh, I, you know, it sounds like fun, but I'm such a perfectionist that dot, 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 right? So everybody fills in the box. I'm such a perfectionist that I can't fail. I can't try. I'm afraid. And when I hear I'm such a perfectionist that, what I hear is I'm afraid, right? And that drive for perfection is innate, right? Because that is called striving, right? We need to strive. We need to learn. If we didn't do that, we'd never learn to walk and run and It's innate shoes. and it's also learned. I mean, we certainly school our, our, our kids well, in striving. what happens is that striving is innate and, in, you know, and in, in the human brain needs to grow and live. And, you know, I mean, if you go back to, you know, Adler, who, you know, Alfred Adler, one of the early psychologists who studied this, you know, he was saying there are two kinds of striving 
you know, there is normal striving and there is abnormal striving. And striving means you want to improve, and it goes back to your first question. It's like, do you improve? It's like, yeah, you improve. Am I going to be good at surfing? No. Will I be perfect at it? No, never, right? Not even on a perfect wave that I catch. It's still not perfect. Letting go of that notion of perfectionism because it's a lie, it's a myth, it's a killer. And embracing our imperfections, it's like only by embracing our imperfections can we actually accept the fact that we're just human. I mean, I feel really passionate about this because the excuse is always one of perfection. So I feel like it's not antithetical to be driven and, you know, successful and want to reach goals and to accept our imperfections. And that means to, you know, to love ourselves, right? That we are worthy of love even in our imperfections. And I think that's hard for a lot of us to believe. And there have been studies. There have been studies, you know, with child psychologists have done studies where the children who are pushed to perfection, they're so afraid that if they fail that test and they don't get into that school, they, they don't loved. get the gold star, and they're not the best on the, the baseball team and the soccer team, that they will not be loved. They are not lovable. And think about that tragedy as opposed to so then teaching you just kids. play it safe constantly. Well, play it safe or play, play you, to your strengths. Or or you're pushed so hard and no matter what you attain, it's not perfect because what is perfect? I mean, I guess God is perfect. That's but you know, we will you know, that is existentialist, right? Sartre talked about that. We're not going to become God. So what do you do short of that? It's like, oh, I'm human. And then you're saying, well, that's okay. That's cool. And it's not only cool, and this is where I want to turn it on the head. It's like, it's kind of awesome, you know, and to embrace that. And kids, I think, uh, have a lot, can, can learn a lot and glean a lot from it. I've had a lot of people take the book and use it. You know, educators um, have taken the book and created programs for their, their, their um, students or the kids that they kind of take care of and stuff to try yeah. to teach them that because we're but telling them But it seems like it's opposite. a lifelong thing that we have to continually confront and learn and test. And, you know, particularly, like, we talk a lot about times of change on this podcast, and it seems like that is the moment where a lot of people want to stick with what they're good at. They they feel like, I mean, you know, when I was sort of wandering and trying to figure out what direction my career would take, I remember a lot of people drew that annoying Venn diagram and said, this circle (laughs) is the things you're good at. And this circle is things people will pay you to do. And the overlap is where you should be looking. You should look at something you're good at that people will pay you to do. First of all, it was super condescending. I was like, people, I'm at midlife. Like, thanks for the drawing. (laughs) Really, how clarifying is that? And I also felt like it did not give me permission to try something I might might not be good at. Or God forbid I try something that people, somebody doesn't want to pay me for. And it just, oh, it was so, it was so annoying. And I I feel like what, you know, that's part of what you're getting at here is like this worthiness thing. Just let that go. Well, I think it's also what you're getting at right there is the transactional nature of so much of what we do, right? So, you know, we do things for as a transaction. If I do this, I'll get that. I'll either get, and you can, that transaction can be paid out in any way. I will get money. I will get praise. I will get status. I will, you know, any number of things. And it's, so one of the other key things I will get about safety. It is I will get safety or I won't test myself or I won't fail. 
So when, as soon as you take the transaction, I'm all about, I love that. Just take the transaction out of it. There is nothing that is transactional about my paddling out. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help, you know, there, it's really not, the, the only exchange is I get to be. I mean, you were just talking about surfing definitely teaches you that because if you're not paying attention, the ocean's going to kick your butt, right? <laughs> so um, and there are a lot of ways to be humbled by that. But I think it's like if when you strip the transactional, it, have a thing. I always say have one thing in your life that is not transactional. Hmm. One thing. Just pick that thing. You're not going to throw pottery so that you can sell it. You're not going to knit so that you can, you know, open up a knitting store. You're not going to play your guitar and sing because you're going to go perform. You do it for your soul. Oh, it sounds so hokey. But, you know, you do it for other reasons and you just go, oh, if there's no transaction, I feel differently about this. And I think that's what you were talking about. That Venn diagram was was transactional, right? Totally. But she's also looking for, she was talking about a job. And you specifically say right. the the goal here is not to suck at everything. No. And you don't want to suck at the things that you need to make a living at. And yes. you don't want to suck as a parent. This is outside of your yes. competency to allow you to grow. It's not like, don't just say, I'm going to suck, world, and then just go blithely around doing a terrible job at everything you do. Well, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> It's the opposite right, because right. We're, we, can't, we can't do that. I mean, you're obligated, right? So if it's a transaction, you're obligated to do well and to do good, right? So that's true. But the little bonus of that is that if you're sucking at something that, you, that nobody cares if you're good at, nobody cares if I'm good at surfing. No one cares except the person down the line in front of me <laughs> that I have to surf around without hitting. Okay, so that, there's a little bit of that, right? That, that terrifying feeling. But as I practice this, you know, being comfortable sucking at surfing and doing it in public and having people see me fail, when I do suck at work, I'm good at what I do. I know I, know I am. I don't worry. I don't have any of those hang-ups. I know I'm, I'm a good publisher. But I still make mistakes, and I make some bad calls. And when I do, I'm a lot quicker to come up with the solution and to figure out, yeah, that, and, and to admit my mistake, not throw blame, you know, on everybody else, but to say, yeah, I sucked at that. I, I, we need to fix that. And then you go about the business of fixing it. That happens so much more uh, quickly now that I have this kind of, this less of a fear of being wrong. Where 20 years ago, I would make a mistake at work, my heart would quicken, you'd hear that noise in your head and you'd just panic because you think, oh my God, I'm going to be called out in that fear. It's like, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, I made a mistake. And you can't do it a lot, but you're going, I don't know one person professionally or even as a parent where it counts the most, right? Where you, I don't know if you've done this, but say something to your kids and you think, I cannot believe I just said that to oh my kids. Oh my gosh, so many times. And that is the most awful feeling. You find your, you're thinking, and then you, but you can quickly say, I can't believe I just said that to you and I'm sorry. Why that do I was, feel like all of our future presidents need to surf? <laughs> <laughs> or like, take a pole dancing class with us. Put them on the pole, put them on the board. Yes. But, but don't yeah. let them in the Oval Office until they are sucking at or something. Maybe all politicians, <laughs> you know? Maybe all of them. <laughs> well, we all need to suck. We all do suck at something. We just have to embrace that suckage. So, Karen Rinaldi, <laughs> thank you so much for showing us the way. Thank you very much for having me on the show. 
so and much to fun. Ev- to everybody listening, thank you for joining us for this raucous conversation. Uh, get Karen's book. It's great to suck at something. And connect with her on Instagram and Facebook at suck at something. <laughs> the Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure you share, subscribe, rate, and review us. And let us hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod to Somewhere. Email us at Road to Somewhere at iHeartMedia.com. Special thanks to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Thanks for joining us on the Road to Somewhere, available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.